Hello? Hear me? Yes. Hey. Is it good? Is the mic good? The mic's good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Sorry for declining your call. I barely use Skype ever, and I accidentally hung up on you before we even started. Don't worry. I didn't take it personally. I'm not mad. <laughs> good to I know. Wanna, I just want to say I'm not mad at you. You should be mad at me because this is way overdue. Oh no, but it's it's okay. We you know these it has to happen organically, and if if and if you and you have to go with your gut too. Like if if now's the time to have a call with you with us together, then you know let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's really great to have you on the line. It's been ages since we've caught up. I know. I think the last time we spoke was when we thought maybe Trump still could get into the White House after the election. I I think. I think that's what we were talking about, but it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was probably last year. I know you had me on your show, Wrong Opinion, in June last yes. year after my lake stunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still thought Trump was going to get back in. No, I'm kidding. Um, me too. Back then. I mean, and I still do believe uh, 2020 needs to be rectified. We have an illegitimate, oh, illegitimate man in there right now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny how people are like, "Oh, we gotta just move past that." It's like, what? That was kind of the biggest deal in the past. I don't know, ever in the country. That in 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 and COVID in general. You know, the hostile takeover, which was you know able to happen because of COVID. But、um, people just want to move on, you know. So I don't know. Hopefully, it it can be rectified, and hopefully, things can work in our favor in a month, and then in two years. But I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are not willing to let that go in terms of voters. But you do have the GOP、yeah. that is just trying to pretend like it never happened. Yeah, not only that, but you have the Ben Shapiro types as well, who、uh, are legitimately think that it was a totally normal election, nothing <laughs> weird happened. But I, the, my theory is that Ben Shapiro isn't stupid, and he knows exactly what happened. But it's good for business to have someone like Biden in there, you know. He seems to be very business oriented. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, with what we all do and focus on, especially when you have such large platforms like the Daily Wire, which has over a million monthly users, you know, it, what's what do you think is better for business? Having someone that's in the White House who's on your side, who's trying to do good, the stock market's doing well, the economy's doing well, or someone who's Um, you know, creating an apocalypse, apocalyptic type of environment, and you know you have to you have to sell fear, and it's hard to sell fear when you have someone that is on your side running the show. Yeah, I want to hear more about your podcast, Wrong Opinion. Where's that at? Yes. All right. So back in March, I was on Patreon, but they banned me after two years of using their platform, never once getting a strike. Uh, I, I I flew out to Austin. I appeared on Infowars, and the moment I got back to my hotel room after appearing on Infowars for the first time, I got banned from Patreon. So, you know, you do the math. It for sure was that reason, but they said hate speech. So I had to really focus on on resurrecting the show in the span of a few days on a whole new platform. So I'm on Gumroad. I've been there, been on there since March, and I have. Slightly less of a following on Gumroad than I did on Patreon, but I'm making more money there. And I know that this isn't about money, but this is how I feed my family and am able to continue doing the show because of that. Like I would love to do the show for free. I would love to be on YouTube, 
but we don't have the YouTube that we had 10 years ago. It, it doesn't exist. So people like me are forced to go behind a paywall, have a small audience. And the best I can hope for is that there are other people who are as so-called extreme as me who make their own shows and we can get this sort of message out. Yeah, I have to say your show is one of my favorites. Uh, you distill the news in such a great way. It's subversive, it's fun, it's straight up news and uh, you touch subjects as well that not a lot of people touch and you do it in a humorous way which I really like and you even bring people from the other side. I try. Yeah, I, I try. I would love to have them on more but a lot of them ignore me. But yeah, that's the thing. You know, um, I had a call with someone right now because I sometimes give advice to people who, like I don't advertise it uh, but if anyone wants advice they can book a call with me and I, I was talking to a guy before and he, he's trying to start a business and he He was saying that, you know, a lot of people say that you, you should be humble and all that, but I think that you need to be, um, you know, not like an asshole, but you have to be confident and, and, and you have to kind of like, you have to tell people that what you're doing is the best thing. And I, and I think that what I'm doing is, is very, like, it is very oversaturated, the market of podcasting. But I think that's good. I think that that's good because, like I said, we need to be getting this message out, but I, I, I really think I do things a lot differently than, let's say, Jack Posobiec, who is really good, or Steve Bannon, who's really good at what he does, because they really firmly only focus on politics. But what they don't, maybe they don't, maybe they realize it, but they definitely don't focus on it, is that culture is way more relevant than whatever it is that Joe Biden said today. So I focus heavily on culture through the lens of politics. Because I think that, like, for instance, what Kanye West is doing now, I don't fully agree with him on everything, but I think that he's what he's saying and what he's doing is way more relevant and way more important than whatever it is is happening in Ukraine or, or anything like that. Like, I, I rarely will talk about Ukraine or Russia or anything like that. Why not? Because I think that what is relevant about that is the amount of money that the U.S. is sending to Ukraine, like that is relevant because it, it speaks loudly to, you know, um, support Ukraine in that manner and then completely ignore Florida, for instance, after a hurricane, right? Like that to me is relevant. But um, I don't care about that war and I don't think Americans should. Like we have the GOP, the rhinos who are, are also, uh, you know, putting Ukrainian flags in their in their Twitter Twitter bios and usernames. And it's like our country is falling apart. The United States is completely falling, falling apart. Uh, we have opioid crisis. We have open borders. We have a culture in decline. And I think that that to me is way more relevant than a war that has really nothing to do with us and definitely is not about democracy, uh, whatever that means. Whenever they're like, oh, it's for democracy, I'm like, okay, elaborate. They can never elaborate. No, I completely agree with you. And foreign aid is such a scam and... As an American citizen, I can imagine it must be so infuriating to see all the money being laundered in such a way, considering all the issues you're facing over there, as you've just explained it perfectly. But there is another element that I think is really important uh, and why we have to pay attention and what's going on over there. Um, whether you're sitting in Europe or in the States specifically, it is very much part of a deliberate destruction of the West because of the energy crisis, it allows yes. them to precipitate the Great Reset and to basically hook us up to the grid. 
by claiming there's a energy shortage, you know, Europe this winter, I'm bracing for such a disaster. And they are literally going to freeze a lot of people to death because of the consequences of this, of this conflict. And at the end of the day, they create the problem, then they're going to come with the solution. The solution is going to be, you know, these ESG social credit score type systems in conjunction with the cryptocurrencies, the CBDCs, and lo and behold, we're going to be living like in China, and they will have a complete say as to what we can and cannot spend. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. They basically replaced COVID with the Ukrainian war, and the goal is still very much the same. The interesting thing about all of these problems is that obviously they're, they're you know, manufactured, they're, it's on purpose. Yeah. And the solution to all these problems can be, it can all happen in one day. It's so simple. And I'm not an expert. No, like I doubt, I mean, you definitely know more than I do. No, but I'm not for sure. No, but, but, you know, we can come up with a solution to these problems because we've seen them play out fairly recently under Trump. Like we were energy independent under Trump and it was like a flip of a switch. Literally, it was a flip of a switch. And, and they don't want to solve these problems because, like you said, they do want to implement these uh, social rating systems and they do want to keep people basically controlled uh, with whatever it is that they can use, you know, like the resources that they can use. They're gonna ha- there's going to be a cap for everyone and not the people on top, though, you know. So not only are we going to be a nation of serfs, but they, we're going to be a world of serfs. That's what they want. The new world order. It, it is that, and Alex Jones was right, and it's funny how, you know, people used to mention the New World Order, and it was like, no, that's a conspiracy theory, but we're literally seeing, seeing it being played out now. Like, it's funny, because if we look at things culturally and we see how things are devolving, uh, a lot of people are like, man, the future is going to be crazy, this is terrible. It's like, no, 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 it's happening right now. This, it's literally crazy right now. What do you think people from the 1940s would think if they came... And into the 2020s right now, if they, if they, if you transported them, uh, you know, in this moment in time via time machine, uh, no, they would be like, this is, this is dystopian. I can't believe it got this bad. They would, they, I don't think they could have imagined the consequences of all the social engineering that took place the last hundred years. No. No, I, I like. I mean, you could even go back to the 1990s. I don't think that people would have really realized how bad it could get. And um, you know, for instance, when I started doing my podcast, it wasn't behind a paywall. I was just doing it for fun. And I would say these things about the trans stuff. This is in 2017, 2016, 2017. And my dad was like, would, would always call me up like, really good podcast, but why are you talking about this so much? I'm like, trust me, it's going to get really, really bad. And in, in such a short period of time, it's, it's, I mean, have we seen the bottom yet? I don't know, but it, it, it sure feels like it. Listen, you look at, the, there's this graph that came out um, showing the trends in children and how... Right you have double the number of children that now claim they have gender issues in the space of a year. And it's been doubling year after year, something crazy like that exponentially. And this can only be the product of social engineering. Yeah, no, it's, it's completely social engineering. And, you know, I was frustrated 
a year ago or so when I all the videos you'd see you'd see all these videos of parents complaining to their school board, you know, conservative parents and all that. Yeah. And it's like the building is literally on fire and this is your solution. It's to go complain to school boards. You take your kids out of the burning building right now because by the time anything changes, if it ever does, your kid is going to be uh, 10 years older. You know, it's, it's not. So why would you put your kids through that kind of stuff? So I have a year and a half old baby. Uh, I plan on having more babies. And people are asking me already like, oh, what are you going to do for school? Where are you going to send him to school? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I won't. And they think I'm joking, but I'm not. In order to really completely change the system, sometimes you got to uh, opt out of it completely. You know, like back to the foreign aid thing we were talking about. And it is frustrating the amount of foreign aid we're sending to Ukraine, not only to Ukraine, but the rest of the world. Uh, like a lot of people on certain fringe groups on the right fixate on Israel. And I kind of agree with them. But uh, my solution is no foreign aid for anyone. Like no one should get foreign aid. It's a weird concept. That's completely uh, backwards of what, you know, nationalism really is. Like we should focus on the people in our own country. We should focus on bringing jobs home. Uh, we should focus on, uh, on, on restricting trade with China and all, all of that. But definitely the foreign aid thing, you know, uh, the, like taxes, right? Why are we even paying taxes if it's all going to Ukraine? And, and not only that, but they keep printing money. So really, what is the point of taxes if they keep printing money, which is another form of a tax, which is the inflation tax? So I don't mention this on my show very much, or maybe I'd never do or anywhere. But uh, someone, sometimes my friends are like, oh, man, I have to pay taxes again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sucks for you. And they're like, what, you don't pay taxes? I'm like, uh, I haven't really paid or filed anything since 2014. And it's not that I'm running away from the IRS or anything. I just haven't heard from them. So this notion that we should have an efficient government, no, I'm pretty happy with how it is. It, it, you know, <laughs> like I've opted out. I've opted out of it. Careful. They just hired 87,000 of them. Yeah, no, no, no. I want them to hire even more because the more people they hire, the less efficient they'll be. Because <laughs> then it becomes this mammoth administra yes. administrative organization. Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But listen, we could have a whole conversation about income tax and the Fed and the legitimacy of all of this. We could, but, um, you know, we should talk about a bunch of stuff because um, I, I don't think that these calls go very long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the good thing is that we can have several of them. So you'll have For to sure. come back. Oh, definitely. But, yeah, no, tell me what's been going on. Then you've, you've had lots of interesting guests lately on the show. Yeah, I mean the thing, like I said, I, I I don't really usually bring on very political people, you know. Um, like four or five months ago, I had Sam Hyde on and just talking about financial advice. You know, he has very interesting solutions to like credit card problems and buying a house and all of that um, stuff. They don't teach us in school. Basically, what they don't teach you in school. Yeah, like for instance, I'm in credit card debt from a previous business and I was using my credit card for that business. Like I'm not the best financial mind, but you know, when you're put into a corner, like, like with credit card debt, you have to find interesting solutions. And I've been talking on and off to chase bank on the phone recently. And it's funny because originally they sent me a, uh, a um, uh, what's it called? Like a summons to the court because they were suing me because I owed them money. Right. Yeah. And um, 
I think that was just to scare me. Like, oh my God, I got to go hire a lawyer. We have to go fight this in court. And I didn't really do anything. And then I called them around the time that the court date was going to be. I called Chase and I'm like, hey, um, we should solve this this problem with the credit card debt. And they're like, yeah, what, what do you have in mind? And I'm like, well, I owe X amount. I want to give you like a fraction of that. And they're like, uh, well, we can't do that, but you know, we could do half, right? So ra- instead of owing like 30,000, you, you, you'll pay us 15,000 and it will be an in installments. And I'm like, yeah, that's still too much. And then I said, oh, by the way, is that court thing still happening? Are you guys still suing me? And they're like, oh, no, 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 we dropped that. And then I said, well, when do I need to pay any of this by? Is there a deadline? And they're like, no, there's no deadline. So I'm just gonna continue waiting. You know, that's the thing. Like, they can't do anything to you. They literally can't do anything to you. So that's something I spoke to Sam Hyde about. He gave me the gumption to, you know, talk to the bank. And, and you know, it's all about confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having Riva Tez on this week who just gave a talk for Urbit. I don't, she used to work in tech. I'm not really sure. She's a friend of mine, but I don't really know what she's doing right now. I'm having uh, Jay Dyer on on Thursday, who he fills in for Alex Jones a bunch, and he does his own YouTube show. Uh, I want to talk to him about the programming in Hollywood movies, mm. specifically the, the new Marilyn Monroe movie that came out, which I think is one of the best movies of the year. So we're going to talk about that and other things. I haven't but, watched yeah, I try it. To get these... Oh, you haven't? No. So my only issue with it was that the... Anna de Armas, the Cuban actress who plays Marilyn Monroe, her accent is not very good, but she, her acting was good. People confuse those two. Her acting was really good, but her accent wasn't good. Like, you could hear her Cuban accent when she was playing Marilyn Monroe. Um, it's almost two hours and 40 minutes, or it's about two hours and 40 minutes, and it's really, really good. And it's shot really well. It's super tragic. Um, it's a very controversial movie that the, the left wing media blew up because of it. They, they hated it. They thought it was anti-abortion, which I mean, after watching it, I can assure you it is anti-abortion, which is rare for a, a giant Netflix movie like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of destroys the glamorization of Marilyn Monroe, which a lot of these young girls still have to this day, you know, all these influencer type of girls, they have this fascination and obsession with Marilyn Monroe and her it's, life. It's almost like a fetish. Ex- yeah, exactly. And her life was not good. Um, if, if, we, if we're going to believe in MKUltra, the CIA program, for she sure. was for sure, MK, for sure MKUltra. And you watch this movie and you're like, holy crap, it's saying a lot more than, than what it's letting on, you know? Uh, it's 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 on a deeper level. It's saying a lot. So not only is it beautiful, beautifully shot, very tragic, very well acted, but I think it's a it's a very smart movie. And and I can see why the left wing hates it. No one's talking about it anymore. It came out a few weeks ago. It's like it never happened. You know, all the hit pieces came out, and then and then it really hurt the movie. I think, but it's worth watching for sure. Okay, I'll. Um take some time to watch it at some point yeah but um this mk ultra thing i've always been fascinated about that have you gone down that rabbit hole uh not fully but it it makes sense especially with when it supposedly came about when when the cia started that program a lot of assassinations were happening rather than now what they do is character assassinate people 
you know, they're, they're doing it to Kanye West. They're doing it to, they've been doing it to Trump. They do it to, uh, they did it to Tom Cruise in the early 2000s when he was talking about prescription medication that they were giving to kids for depression and Ritalin for ADD and all of that. And people thought he was crazy for the longest time. And then you, re- you watch his interviews from the early 2000s now and you're like, man, that guy's completely sane. Yeah. Uh, he overcame it. Hopefully Trump can overcome it. Hopefully Kanye can overcome it. But that's kind of the way they operate now. They're not openly assassinating people. I mean, I do think that Breitbart was assassinated. Me too. Uh, there are certain people that I do think were assassinated. Michael Hastings, who was the writer for Rolling Stone, who was uh, you know, attacking the Obama administration, I think he was assassinated. Certain celebrities recently were, I think, assassinated. But like for really, really big people, I think their go-to is to character assassinate people. But the, the M- during the MK Ultra program, a lot of people were killed by lone nuts, you know? Um, Robert Kennedy, JFK also, um, probably Martin Luther King, maybe even John Lennon. Like, a lot of these people were killed by these lone nuts, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Especially with uh, Robert Kennedy. Like, Saran Saran is like, I don't remember doing that. He's still in, he's still trying to get out of jail. I think he's still alive, and he, he he literally to this day says I don't remember doing that. So I want to talk to Jay Dyer about that more because I do think that they use celebrities a lot for these programs as well. The conversation is going to be really interesting, but you're absolutely right. Even the Manson murders, there is something about them. Who is this guy who wrote this book? I actually have it lying around somewhere. About the Manson oh, he murders. was on Joe Rogan. Right? Yeah, he went on that Joe Rogan. Yeah, I think I the title the of the book is Chaos, but I don't remember the name of the author. And it's about yeah, I, uh, I the Manson murders and how they were part of MK Ultra. I mean, honestly, it's uh, very possible. Also, it's funny how how long Charles Manson was in prison and he never really killed anyone, right? I mean, he never. So I definitely think he was probably some sort of. CIA op or something. I don't know. But the thing with all these conspiracies is that a lot of the times they tend to be true. You know? Yeah, they're not <laughs> theories. I know. I just said conspiracies. You yeah, know? exactly. I, I, they, they, they usually tend to be true. Which conspiracy would you really love to see, like, documentation or have documentation declassified out of all of them? Oh, man. Um... The one that changed my whole, whole life, which to this day I still believe was an inside job, was 9-11. Um, there's an, an insane amount of inconsistencies. I mean, if that if that was a movie, it, the audience would be like, this is stupid. There's too many plot holes. Um, I think that one. But the one that fascinates me the most right now, because of how popular it's become, and it's very suspicious to me why it's become so popular, is the flat earth theory mm-hmm. i don't believe in it i don't believe in it at all but um the amount of people that are gravitating towards it it's it's growing by the day and, and i'm very confused as to why and what's interesting with those people is, is is like they will do so many experiments and they will talk about so many things that that are go go way over my head that there's no there's no there's no possible way i could even argue with them because of how deep they are in that, but they fascinate me so much. Um, and there's even even weirder conspiracy tied to the flat Earth theory, which is this um, the mud flood in Tartaria, which um, is basically about how um, 
all, all these wonderful buildings and cities you see around the world, like the old, old ones, mm-hmm. were made by greater civilizations that had way crazier technology than we have today. And all the history that, that is available on everything is completely fake. Like that one to me baff, baffles me more than anything, but it is in a weird way tied to the flat earth theory. And I think that because we live in such ugly times and we like literally our cities are ugly, you know, everything about modernity is ugly. It totally uh, negates the importance of beauty. You know, people think that all we should really care about is utility, but beauty is more important than anything. And past civilizations knew that past civilizations built things for future generations like those amazing gothic churches built in the 1300s that took a hundred years sometimes 200 years to build and the people building it knew that they would never see it in their lifetime but they were building it literally for for future generations so i don't believe in i can understand why people believe in those conspiracies that we had these amazing uh sophisticated technologically advanced civilizations before us because they can't fathom anything beautiful being built today because we just don't revere it anymore. But I think the reason why people were able to do it back then was, first of all, um, really impressive people were, were able to shine back then. They were nurtured, as opposed to today. The barrier to entry is like really nothing. Anyone can do anything. Anyone can make music now. Anyone can make movies. Anyone can take a picture. Anyone can paint because modern art is trash. So um, the barrier to entry is, is like there's non-existent now, whereas in the past, people used to prop up very talented people. But also more than anything in the past, people believed in God. So they did whatever possible thing they could do to achieve almost like a godly like presence on Earth. You know, they wanted to bring God to Earth. So the way to do that was to enhance the beauty on Earth, which no one does anymore. You're absolutely right, and I think this is one of the elements where I think this was completely deliberate, the making the world so ugly, because you're right, the construction, the buildings, the architecture, the art, everything is so trash, but it serves to crush our soul. And if you look at the past hundred years, it's very much part of a deliberate plot to sever us from God. And... It goes hand in hand with the dumbing down of the population, with the fact that they are making us sick through many different means, including the food that we consume. You know, we're we're both uh, friends with Ren and and uh, follow this yeah. very closely. It's very much part of a concerted plan to lead us towards serfdom and our demise as a population. I was going to say it's just it's it's a massive demoralization campaign that has been going on pretty much since after World War II where they started, you know, embracing ugliness and utilitarianism and all that. But it, you're starting to kind of see that now also with the science is amazing crowd. Like I joke when I say space is fake and gay, people people are like, oh, do you really believe space is fake? It doesn't exist. No, I don't believe that. Obviously, space is real. You can see planets. You can see stars. You can see all of those things. What I mean is that our fixation, and it's almost like a psyop, like everyone's now obsessed because of Elon Musk and other people uh, of NASA and the James Webb Telescope and, and, and colonizing Mars and all of these things. And it's like um, we've neglected Earth. We've neglected the beauty that we can basically experience on Earth and enhance on Earth. 
and and it can only come from the belief in God, because when when you know they used these tools like NASA and all that to show us how big the universe and how meaningless our lives are. Like if you ever hear Neil deGrasse Tyson talk, it's completely nihilistic. It's like nothing matters. Uh, we're we're so insignificant, but not in the eyes of God. We're not insignificant, and we should embrace. Um, we should revere and, and scream on rooftops about how significant we are and how amazing it, human, the human experiences in life is. But this, this NASA PSYOP that, and, and Elon Musk PSYOP that we're all experiencing, it's, it's meant, again, like modern art, to demoralize us. To it's meant demoralize to make us feel us. small yeah. and insignificant. Yeah. Everything is being done to sever, and, to sever us from God and to pollute our spiritual I don't our, know. our connection to the divine. Yeah, yeah. Th- that goes, again, hand-in-hand hand with beauty. Like, we've been convinced that being spiritual and, pr- let's say, praying and c- our connection to God is as insignificant as beauty. Like, these things are not important. What's important is to consume. What's important is to, you know, uh, just have, like... Like when they, when they even talk about housing, I know I'm all over the place, but like when you hear liberals talking about housing, they're talking about structures to put people and they're not talking about building anything beautiful to enhance neighborhoods and you know where people would not want to spray paint their home and graffiti their homes i mean um, listen i'm all over the place too but it, you can bring it back to our how would you pronounce it the pineal gland and yeah. you can bring it back you know to the fluor uh, how do you pronounce it josh sorry the, in the gut? No, the fluoride that they put in water. Oh, fluoride. fluoride. Fluoride, yeah. Everything is being done to basically pollute us and poison us, mind, body, and soul. You want me to, to... So this might sound like a black pill to people, right? Like all of this talk. Mm-hmm. But here's a white pill. The fact that they're using so many instruments, so many tools to demoralize us, means that the human spirit and condition is way more powerful than they ever imagined. And the fact that there are people waking up to this, the fact that, for instance, COVID and even the Ukrainian war and all that is backfiring in the sense that it's just waking more people up means that the human spirit and condition, which, again, tied to God, is so powerful that um, it just exposes how weak they are. Like, they need all of media. They need all of entertainment. They need... Uh, to steal elections, they need to fake pandemics, they need to do all of these things to demoralize us. And I think that that should be such a white pill because um, it, 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 like, it consistently backfires in a sense. And it just shows, like, for instance, you, you, you can Wait, have I, someone... I just want to oh. say that that's so well said, Josh, and I completely agree with you wholeheartedly, which is why even though times are really difficult and things are bleak and the consequences of all these instruments that they are deploying against us have very real consequences, I'm still very optimistic that we will prevail and get on the other side of that tunnel and that they cannot win. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for instance, you know, Russell Brand, who I used to not like because of how commie he is sometimes and socialist he is, he isn't controlled it's clear that he's not controlled and he's putting out his messages that are his messaging that that completely goes against and destroys COVID-19 the the vaccines and the pandemic and all that and you you know someone like him 
or even Kanye does one interview or puts out one video and it will completely demolish everything that they've built for the past two years. That's how powerful the truth is. 100%. And they can't crush the truth any longer. Too many of us are awake now. Too many of us have realized the extent of what they're trying to impose on us. Yeah, yeah. Again, like, for instance, like, the entertainment industry and, and the messaging that they put out and all of that, it, it's meant to make conservatives feel like they're a small portion of the United States. But if you look at the numbers, that's not true. They, that, like, that's why they have to steal elections and that's why they have to keep pushing out this messaging because it's uh, not true. Like, for instance, even the movie Top Gun, which I thought that's one of the best movies of the year as well. Uh, that was as pro-America as a movie you'll get nowadays. And the fact that it was such a massive success, it, it, it just proves that people are hungry for the, that sort of messaging. Like, America is not a piece of shit. It's great. It, 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 and it can be great again. Listen, you just look at the 2020 actual numbers of the election. We know, we know President Trump won. And we know that the majority of the country knows what's going on. Yeah. It's not a minority. No, I mean, like, okay, Biden had the most votes ever. He could barely fill a gymnasium, a high school gymnasium. And Trump, every week, is having these rallies that have 20, 30,000 people. To me, it's very interesting how the dude isn't president right now, and they still fixate over him. They still will constantly talk about him. And, like, to this day, he's more relevant than the person who they say is president. It's, yeah. it's very funny. You know, Josh, they lied to us about so many things. They, there, are, there have been so many psyops. They've just gaslit us, you know, as you said, this so-called pandemic being such a good example. And um, yeah. I'm so open, actually, to many of these conspiracy, quote, theories. And, uh, and I'm happy to go down these rabbit holes. I find, I find them fascinating. And just yeah. to come back on the, the flat earth theory, there is one thing that I really want to take the time to go and, and dig further. But apparently there's this treaty or document oh. that was signed with Admiral Byrd. Yeah, about Antarctica. Have you looked into that? That one is super interesting to me. You and... know why also it's super interesting, Josh? Sorry, and then you'll, you'll tell me. But if you look, the theory posits that Antarctica is actually a rim and it's actually much bigger than we think, and you're not allowed to go there, which is, brings me back to that treaty. And if you look at the map of the UN, it matches right. with that depiction of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, that's the thing. I, uh, I'm fascinated by it. I don't believe it, but if, if we were ever told the truth, and if the truth is that it is flat and all that, that then I'd be like, holy shit, crazy. I was yeah. wrong, you know? Yeah, uh, same. But, uh, but, but the, the surrounding sub-theories within the flat earth theory, like the Antarctica thing, it's, it's all very, very interesting to me. And, like, they're massive on their own. Like, a lot of people think that beyond the ice walls of Antarctica, there's other uh, continents we, we don't even know about. You know, maybe that's true. Uh, it, it is weird that, that the whole world basically agreed no one can go to, to Antarctica at the same, same time. Like, that's basically what the treaty was. It was like, hey, no one can claim this as their own and no one can go here except, except like a few scientists. 
you know? And, and yeah, it, it is weird that like they, everyone just agreed on it and, and almost secretly too. Yeah, no, not a lot of people know. I mean, now with the internet and, you know, with everybody waking up and going and exploring all these areas, the Admiral Byrd exploration and this treaty comes up regularly much more than I'd say, you know, 20 years ago. But it's not something that you see discussed, you know, on Twitter on a regular basis, for sure. Now, you have to follow really esoteric accounts. And I that's the thing, like, you don't have to believe in something to like be fascinated by it and want to look into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like the fact that pretty much every nation on earth, every massive nation on earth is, is very secretive about Antarctica means that maybe there's something to that specific theory. Maybe, you know, like who, who knows what is going on there? I don't, I don't know. Um, I would like to, um, but that's kind of my point with space. Like there's so many interesting things here on earth that this, obsession with space is such a waste it's such a waste of money too i think it's a way to launder money like they like like they're doing with ukraine like the yes. biden's with themselves to enrich themselves a lot of these scams are a way to launder money and i think that nasa is a, a really good example of that i completely agree with you josh this is so good wait we have to go but before we do go and you'll have to come back by the way i will i want to ask you in relation to what we just talked about I posted a tweet a couple of days ago saying that I hope I'm wrong, but I don't trust Elon and the whole electric car thing is such a scam. Yeah, I don't trust him at all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if he does take over Twitter, what he's going to turn in it, I don't know what he's going to turn it into, but it's going to become something extremely sophisticated. Um, like, for instance, imagine him letting everyone back online. Uh, on Twitter and, and imagine it's maybe for the purposes of, you know, keeping tabs on people rather than like expelling them to the weird parts of the Internet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it could be even more nefarious than that. Um, I don't trust him. Maybe he is sincere with regards to the birth rates and with regards to free speech, but he still peddles the global warming thing to sell his cars, which are horrible for the environment. He knows global warming is not man-made and it's not a problem. He's not stupid. He knows, but he still pushes that. And in my opinion, that is a real conspiracy theory. Like the way they label us conspiracy theories. Oh, global warming. Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You believe in that? How, how funny, how childish, how stupid. But yeah. what he is is he's a good marketer. Like a lot of his presentation – okay, so Steve Jobs, when he was alive, he would have these uh, press conferences every year, these presentations. Here's a brand new thing. It's called an iPhone. It's coming out in a few months. Elon Musk does the same thing, but his products never come out. It, he, he's a scammer. He says, here's a robot. I don't know when it's coming out, and I don't know, you know, whatever, but – this yeah. is something that was, is meant to inflate my stock. Or, or here's the Cybertruck. Uh, I made one for myself. I plan on making one for people, but who knows when. You know? The dude, the dude is a scammer. So. And that whole thing about the car in space that was so lame. That's, yeah, that he launched a car in space. Like, yeah. no, he didn't. That, and I think a lot of people prove that that's not real. No. Um, so I don't trust him. Uh, but I'll, but look, I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong. And if he takes over Twitter and he makes it a, a, a beacon of free speech and there's no nefarious things at play, uh, then cool. But we'll be happy to have been wrong. 
I would, yeah, I would happy to have been wrong, but we see it time and time again with all these tech companies, and, you, and, and, and it always comes out that DARPA was behind Facebook or whatever, and it's not just Mark Zuckerberg. Like, these are tools that are made outside the confines of government that are more sophisticated than anything the NSA could... Like, do you ever even hear about the NSA anymore? No one even is afraid of the NSA. People are more afraid of Google and Facebook and all these companies. They're complete extensions. They're all in lockstep. They're, they're different tentacles of the same octopus. Exactly. Exactly. But, but they're operating outside of the confines of government, but they're still operating with like the funding of government and all and, and shadow shadowy figures and money and all that but i think that uh uh the same thing can be said for for twitter you know it's not as big as those other companies and if you have someone like elon musk it can make it such a powerful tool that could be used against us so i think that's probably the most likely scenario i also have another theory before we go you know how how trump says he'll never go back on twitter uh and all that i think that if elon buys Twitter, if that deal goes through, I think that Twitter is going to absorb Trump's company. And I think that that's how they bring Trump back on Twitter, you know, where it's a win-win for everyone, where Trump never caved. And it's like, oh, they just bought my company. Of course, I'll, I'll go on that platform. Yeah. Yeah. I think that might happen. That's my prediction. Let's hope but so. It would be awesome to have President Trump back on Twitter. Absolutely. But if, but if you think about it, the reason why I think it will happen is because they, the, the powers that be would probably want Twitter to become more sophisticated to their advantage, and it would happen under the helm of one of their best salespeople, you know, and, and that's what Elon Musk is. He's a figurehead like any, any of these other people are, and he would just be the perfect person to, to run it, you know? Well, do you think that's what he meant by his tweet the other day when he said, Buying Twitter would be an accelerant or accelerator to the everything, to X, the everything app. I don't, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it's very cryptic. Um, I think that he has certain plans for it that I can't even imagine what it would be. And I think that like all other forms of technology, it's going to be sold to us as like a thing that will help everyone's lives. But mm -hmm. if you look at everything that has been coming out the last 15 years or so with regards to tech, it's things that have made us dumber. It's things that have made us more complacent and passive. Um, and dependent. And dependent, yeah. Like, you know, when Peter, T when, when Peter Thiel's right-wing dating app came out a week ago, oh, and, yeah. and it is struggling, it is struggling, I was like, man, that's the perfect example of Con Inc., in my opinion. Yeah. Because that's not true conservatism. You're going along with the status quo of modernity. You know, like, oh, the way I'm going to combat dating apps is to make my own dating app for our kind of people. It's like our kind of people should not be on dating apps. You're not like a woman will not find a real man on a dating app. Completely. I so agree with you. Yeah. And that yeah. ad was so cringe, I have to say. Just it's, it's embarrassing. Like everything else Con Inc. puts out, it's just embarrassing. Uh, you know, I, I, for instance, I wanted Truth Social to succeed, but all these people with their apps, it, it's like you don't understand why Twitter, how is it that you don't understand why Twitter is the best platform? Like, even with all the bannings, you know, and even with the manipulation in wh whatever's trending, they have become the town square, and no one's focusing on becoming the town square. Yeah. Twitter is still very much the place where everybody goes to share their opinions. Yeah, to, to kind of like wrap things up perfectly, because I spoke about it in the beginning, 
when I got banned from Patreon, I was on a mission to get on as many podcasts as possible. And I was very, uh, you know, Elijah Schaefer was gracious enough to have me on his and, and Harrison Smith on Infowars. And a lot of people helped me get uh, back on my feet. And one of the podcasts I was trying to get on was Tim Pool's podcast because they mentioned my banning on his show briefly. And then his response was, well, he shouldn't have been on Patreon to begin with. What? How dumb are you? I'm going to use the best tools at my disposal forever, for however long they'll let me use them. You know what I mean? Like Vimeo also banned me. Many other people, like, you know, I've been banned from other places. But no, I'm, I'm still on Twitter. I'm still on Instagram. You know, I never see your stuff on Instagram. Yeah, I know, because I'm, I'm heavily shadow banned on there, which actually is hurting my business, which is my podcast, because most of my subscribers come from there. I was getting 3,000 story views. I, look, I have 8,000 followers or, or something. I was getting 3,000 story views, which was very good for me because people would DM me about stuff. I could tell them about my show, blah, blah, blah. They would subscribe. I'm getting 300 story views now. So, I, yeah, you're right. I am shadow banned on there, but I still use it, and I'll still use Twitter, and I'll, I'll, I'm on Gumroad right now for how, however long they'll have me. But, like, Tim Pool, what these people who pretend to be in the middle don't understand is this is war. And when you're fighting in a war, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to use that gun because it was made in Germany. Like, no, if that's the best gun to have, then no, you use that gun. Very good analogy. (laughs) I'm going to put all the links in the description box. People should really follow you and they should tune into your to your podcast called Wrong Opinion because you deliver top-notch analysis and commentary on the madness that's going on. Thank you. Yeah, Gumroad, guys. Wrongop.gumroad.com. I need you. Like, it, it all, that's the thing. Like, it all adds up, you know, and it helps me. It really helps me. Yeah, no, talent should be rewarded, and uh, you Thank definitely you. have a lot of talent. Will you come back on very soon? I really enjoyed chatting with when you. It- yeah, whenever you want, I'm down. I know that this was supposed to be 30 minutes, but you know what? That's, <laughs> yeah. like, that's like an, a bonus for people, I guess. Yeah, but you know what, Josh? We could have continued for at least two or three hours. So yeah. we'll, we'll do it several times. You'll have to Absolutely. be one of the repeat guests. Absolutely, whenever you want. Thank you. Super. We'll speak soon. Okay. Ciao, Josh. Bye. Bye.